Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Dave Espino, a good friend, online course and marketing master, and a guy who still shreds at the skate park every Friday. It's going to be a great show. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Phil. It's it's a pleasure. I'm excited to... uh see what we can share and see what we can talk about. Yeah, Dave and I, for listeners who don't know, we have been doing the Passive Income Show. We did it pretty much weekly for a while, and we're still running the Passive Income Show group where we're teaching people how to create online courses. So this is going to be a fun episode where I get to you know, put Dave on the hot seat and ask him all the questions <laughs> that I've always wanted to. <laughs> so, Dave, can you share with our audience your your background? What's your story and what were you doing before creating your first online courses? Ooh, that's that might take a whole hour by itself. So <laughs> let me give you the quick, quick and dirty version. Okay. Um, I started actually teaching offline uh, quite a long time ago for a financial services company. So I used to teach an insurance class. Uh, securities class, which is all about mutual fund investments. And um, I did that for about five years. But prior to that, I worked for a financial services company and I did a lot of training. So that's kind of where a lot of my teaching experience comes from. And then um, when I got into selling on eBay and I became very successful with that, I wrote an ebook and I started doing seminars. Uh, the seminar company picked me up and we started doing seminars in California. And then Eventually, they became webinars where we started doing. We were one of the first, one of the early companies to do weekly webinars all about eBay training. So the bottom line is, every week I had to come up with new content for our audience, and so every week, in effect, I had to create a new course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, that's amazing, and we've talked about that before on our show. But I think that really translated to being an efficient course creator. Absolutely, yeah, I had to because sometimes. The way I am, you know, uh, sometimes I would wait till the day of the webinar. <laughs> so I would have to create quickly create a PowerPoint and didn't really have time to rehearse it and get and be good at actually just presenting it on the on the fly. So it really led to uh, being able to do good with online teaching on Udemy as well. Got it. So talk to me a little bit more about the whole eBay business, because even though it's a different thing than creating online courses it is it was your own business you were running yourself and you also saw sort of this boom of ebay and selling online via auctions and then also kind of like the downside of that when things kind of started slowing down on ebay and i think right now we're in this (laughs) stage of online learning and online learning platforms where it's the boom and where everything's growing right now so, yeah, just tell me a little bit about the experience with seeing that in the eBay world. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I started on eBay. Actually, I got online on the Internet. This is 1998. Uh, and the only reason I got online and the only reason I got a computer was because I discovered eBay. OK, if it weren't for eBay, I'd probably still be one of those computer illiterate people <laughs> because I came from the generation where right after my generation, they everybody started learning computers. Uh, but anyway, 
Uh, I got onto eBay the very first week. I made 1200 bucks selling vintage Hot Wheels cars on eBay uh, because I, I already had this business in the offline world. And then eBay just blew it out of the water. Um, and so I saw eBay from some of its earliest days uh, going through a lot of ups and downs and turbulence and changes, making a lot of changes. Because when a company starts up, very similar to Udemy, they've got to make quick changes and they've got to adjust to conditions as they arise. And so I lived that with eBay. And then eventually they just kept going in the direction that they were going. And Amazon came up and just, you know, overtook them. And now a lot of people that would sell on eBay are now selling on Amazon um, because another company came in Amazon and they knew how to do it better and they just did it better, executed and made it happen. So the way I see this all relating to Udemy is I see Udemy is basically in the same type of business as eBay was. Udemy is a marketplace for digital courses, online courses, right? eBay is a marketplace for physical products. So you've got eBay, which is a physical product marketplace. You've got Udemy, which is a digital products marketplace. And I see a lot of the same ch changes happening within Udemy as they try to gain their footing in a fairly new business model. Uh, but I also know that a lot of the mistakes that were made at eBay and that they learned from could benefit Udemy. So uh, so it's interesting having that experience and having that um, the ability to see things as they go. But uh, I have no complaints. Udemy is amazing. They are the preeminent online course platform. Uh, Phil, you've, you and I have made a lot of money with Udemy. So uh, let's just keep charging forward with what they do. You know, uh, as they go, they're going to they're going to make changes. They're going to make mistakes, but they're also going to do some great things. So the ability to roll with the punches, I think, is really critical when it comes to being an online teacher. Yeah. And one thing that I've I've actually interviewed a, a bunch of guests for the show so far, but we haven't given like a really good pitch for why online courses are a great business and why it's really one of the best businesses to start. So what's your reason for why online courses are amazing right now? <laughs> so you came to the pitch, man, yeah. to give you the pitch. <laughs> well, uh, the bottom line is anyone, I believe anyone can teach. Uh, anyone has some something that they've learned either through hard work, through experience, through their life skills, through just being you know a part of what family they're they're part of. Everyone has something that they can benefit the world with, you know. And so if you put on that mindset of yes, I can teach this, I can teach what I know, then uh, the ability to teach now is so simple because you don't have to actually go live and teach somebody. You know, like I used to have to go to a classroom, teach a group of 40 or 50 people, and I was there every day, you know, for several weeks, right? Uh, you don't have to do that now. Now you could just simply pre-record your course. And by the way, you don't even have to appear on camera if you're kind of nervous about appearing on camera or you're shy about that. You can simply create a what's called a screencast course where you record your computer screen, you know? And if you want, you could even make yourself the little, you know, in the little corner if you don't want people to really see you. Uh, I did one of those recently. Uh, but the bottom line is you can put together a PowerPoint presentation or like let's say that you're teaching Photoshop. You can open up Photoshop on your computer and just show people what you do, right? Super simple to do. And with the tools that we use nowadays, it's also super inexpensive to do. I mean, you could you could do it. You could get away with teaching an online course for under 100 bucks really. Uh, a decent microphone, 
uh, a decent webcam if you if you're going to do that or just screencast recording software so it's super inexpensive it's super easy once you know how and anyone can teach and the benefit of it though is what's really amazing because the benefit is now you've developed a passive income an income that comes in whether you work or not and uh, Phil and I have experienced the benefit of passive income in December my wife fell down a, a short flight of stairs and sprained her ankle developed some complications as a result of that I had to go to emergency room and take her to doctor's visits and appointments and not not only that but take care of her and so the entire month of December I did not work and yet I didn't didn't have to worry about money because the money was coming in. In fact, the only thing I really did was I checked my stats on Udemy <laughs> <laughs> and my other online course platforms and I checked how much more I made that day. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, when you can separate your need to work from your income, that's a beautiful thing. It's like now you don't need to work, but your income still comes in. You can build upon that foundation and build something even bigger, you know, so. That's what some, I hear a lot of people kind of debating whether online courses are passive income or not. But in terms of, I think, our definition of passive income, it's that separation of trading our hours for dollars. And the amount of time that we spend with an online course can actually be paid back almost exponentially, depending on how much uh, how big we grow our own audience and, and yes, how much we put, how much work we put in, in the beginning, but I've seen some of the hours that I've put into creating a course pay back, you know, my hourly rate is maybe thousands of dollars per hour practically because of, uh, I'm not doing any more work for that class anymore. And that's what I, I've learned really I've learned that early on in my career. And so it's <laughs> if this whole world of online education ever like dies, it's going to be hard for me to go back to a job <laughs> where I'm trying to make $20 an hour, $25 an hour or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it better not go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's not going to go away. But, it, you know, the, the, the trend lines and everything about what they call ed tech, which is the world we're in, is all going through the roof. It's, it's like everything else that in this digital world that we live in, Digital is overtaking physical. And so even the colleges and universities are moving to online teaching. You know, granted, they're hesitant because they don't want digital taking over, right? They've got their little entrenched situation there. But but we can all see that in the in the in the future, it's gonna be all digital online training, online courses. Very few or very seldom well, we see, you know, the way that the school system is set up today. So especially um, around the world, I know we hear Udemy pushing into these international marketplaces, but there's so many of my students that I've heard personal stories from that they they have no education similar to the courses that are on Udemy. So it's not even like they right. have an option of going to school in a classroom or to pay for college. So the fact that Udemy or just online education comes around and you can pay for a course for ten, twenty, thirty, hundred dollars or more, it's amazing for people around the world. And I think that's what's most exciting right now and particularly this year for me is just that opportunity of global expansion. Udemy has thirteen, fourteen million students right now, but that's nothing compared to the people in the world who might be interested in learning something. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, early on, uh, after I was out of school and I was in the work world a little bit, I decided to go to my local community college and take a couple of courses. I took beginning design and also, which was kind of like a, an art class, and photography. And man, I love those courses. Um, I totally enjoyed them because now I was going to school for myself, like something I was interested in. Uh, but imagine that in there's a lot of countries where that option is not even available, you know, like you're talking about, and where Udemy fits the bill and fills the gap there for not just, you know, something someone maybe just wants to learn, but things where people need to learn in order to improve their work skills, you know. So it is making a huge change, and it's kind of cool to be part of, you know, sort of a cutting edge. I, I, I wouldn't call it cutting edge technology like AI or things <laughs> like that, but it's kind of cutting edge that we're able to go out into the entire world and have students all over the world with simple pre-recorded courses that we put on. We're able to basically monetize our knowledge, which is amazing. <laughs> so going back to when you were starting out on Udemy, do you remember what it was like putting together your first course and launching that course? Like, how did you, you already <laughs> had a little bit of an audience before because you've been in the internet marketing world, but for people starting out, talk about your experience just getting started. Well, it, it was it was weird uh, for me because I, all I did was I, I found out about Udemy and I did what I often do. I took massive imperfect action. <laughs> I love that. So you, you've seen my YouTube videos. You know that it's imperfect action. <laughs> my YouTube videos are horrible right now, but they're going to get better. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I took massive imperfect action. What I did was I took an existing course that I had already sold called Seven Habits of High Achievers. And I just uploaded it, right? And the first thing the, the Udemy review team came back with was, uh, we don't allow one-hour videos. You know, your videos have to be 20, 20 minutes. And we need this and we need that. And there was, there was a lot of things that, because I didn't read the instructions, I, I'll be honest. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I just kind of blurted it up there, right? Yeah. Um, I looked at that and I was like, oh, man, that's a lot of, you know, I, don't, I didn't even at the time, I don't think I knew how to edit you know, video, cut it down into 20 minute chunks. So I just kind of left it up there for months. And then um, I found out somebody was doing pretty well on Udemy income wise. And so I said, okay, let me do this. I chopped it up, learned how to chop it and put it up there according to Udemy's guidelines. And it started making a little bit of money. And then I was like, all right, let me put some of these other existing courses. I already had existing eBay courses, put them up there, started making three, four, 500 bucks a month. And, um, you know, nothing exciting. I was like, oh, man, this is this is OK. But, you know, uh, but it wasn't until I saw a few heavy hitters that were making 15 and 20,000 a month and they were kind of talking about their numbers on on the Udemy studio that I said, oh, OK, we got to take this more seriously. Let me really dig in. That's when I would say I actually started on Udemy. I mean, my. My revenue uh, report goes back to, I believe, 2014 mm -hmm. or 2013, 2013. Yeah. But I would say I started in November of 2014 when I really took it seriously. And that's when you see my revenues, you know, go jump up because what I did was I took the time to take everybody's, all the top people's courses about Udemy, all the people who were doing well, who I knew could verify that they had, you know, good incomes on Udemy. And I, I just dove in like 
I, I have this way of doing it so that I learn quickly and dove in and really got myself into the culture of Udemy and the business model of Udemy and understanding how to maximize it. And that's when I really took it seriously and things started to really, really start to pop. Got it. And so let's fast forward just a bit before we go back to your course creation process. But can you just share what now where you're at now and how has this kind of changed your life in terms of the income you're getting? And you, you don't have to share specific specific numbers, but just uh, what, where are you now with your courses? Well, I have 40 courses up on Udemy, and that number has been pretty steady for about a year. I haven't really published any courses last year. Uh, I did publish courses outside of Udemy. That's a whole different story um, that are actually doing really, really well as well. But um, I, I don't disclose my Udemy income, but it's enough that I didn't have to worry about working in December and I live in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one way to say it, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so it's uh, it's been good. And I believe that 2017 is going to be uh, it's going to multiply. I believe my income on Udemy, not only Udemy, but also on the other online course platforms is going to multiply by probably a factor of two or three. Uh, so at least. Yeah. And uh, we'll, well see. So I'm very excited. That's another reason why courses are so great. And just the way that these uh, marketplaces are set up, we are the course creator and we're allowed to put our courses on multiple platforms. There's not really any other platform that I've heard of where you have to, you're not allowed to take that, that course and put it elsewhere unless you work with maybe like lynda.com and these other smaller marketplaces that where they're paying you for your content up front or anything but we've experimented with all kinds of platforms and i'll just ask about that right now while we're talking about what what is your experience and advice for people in terms of like looking for other places to put their courses and uh, investing their time to figure that out well because i come from a marketing background an internet marketing background specifically i always ask a few pointed questions to anyone who's inviting me to their platform and that's because i don't want to waste my time on a platform that's not going to make sales right so uh one of the main platform one of the main questions i ask is what is your traffic source or how do you get your traffic in other words how do you acquire students that's the key question that you want to ask so recently, Phil, you introduced me to a, a company and I asked that question and the gentleman said, well, we have a large email list that we promote this, these courses too. And I'm like, excellent. <laughs> I love that because when you have your own in-house email list, that's one of the best ways to, to promote anything, right? Uh, other companies might say, well, we do a lot of search engine optimization. We do pay-per-click advertising. You know, I want to get to specifics like as much as possible approximately how much do you spend or approximately how much traffic do you get i want to know that it's a viable business before i put my courses on there that's really my main criteria the other criteria obviously is that they're doing business right they're helping people they're of high integrity that one's a little bit harder to tell unless you know the people so that one you're kind of taking a chance sometimes uh but by and large you know if they're in the online course business it's not a difficult business to build for an online course company um, and it's not something where they need to scam people in order to make money. You know what I mean? So, and it, it's something where most course creation platforms are going to do it right. They're going to be of, of good integrity. So you don't have to worry too much on that end. My big concern and question is where are your students coming from? If it looks like there's a big enough database or big enough pool that they can draw students from, 
I'm in. I'm in on that platform. That's awesome. That's really good specific advice for people to be looking at. So backing up to the course creation, uh, you kind of mentioned just how easy it is to get in. You don't need much equipment. Can you just share what specific tools you're using, your microphone, your screencasting software or any editing software you're using? Uh, sure. I use the, the the thing that I wish I had an affiliate link to is screencastomatic.com <laughs> because Anytime anybody asks, like, what screencast software do you use? Do you use Camtasia, Cam Studio? Do you use this or that ScreenFlow? I was like, Screencast-O-Matic. I know it's a dorky name. <laughs> I know it sounds cheap. Like, Screencast-O-Matic sounds kind of weird, right? But that thing is amazing. It's super easy to use, for one, okay, which is key. Uh, it puts It outputs good HD video, good sound. Everything is awesome uh, on it. And it's only 15 bucks a year. Um, so, you know. That's pretty good. And do you get updates with that if they put out updates? Yeah, but it rarely updates because, it's I mean, so they've had one update, I think, in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just a very simple tool for screencast recording. And it's the one I recommend. Not only have I created all my 40 courses on it, but before I came to Udemy, I created courses with it as well. Got it. Okay. Nice. So it's been it's been awesome ever since. Uh, and and by the way, I've used almost every other tool except ScreenFlow. I've used Camtasia, Cam Studio, all this stuff. And you've got to have a little bit of technical knowledge for some of these things, like the Cam's Camtasia. You know, oh, it it results in a Cam rec file, and then you've got to know how to convert it, and just you know, little extra things that I don't really care to know. So that's one of the things I love about you and your courses. You make everything so simple. And I think a lot of people are interested in creating their own courses, especially when they're starting out as simple as just a PowerPoint presentation and a voiceover because it's the easiest and it's the quickest way to create a course. But I think a lot of people worry if that's going to be as engaging as if they put a lot of time and effort into shooting with cameras and getting talking head videos and doing all these extra things. So what advice do you have for making a great, engaging, simple course that sells? (laughs) That's a great question because uh, I have very strong opinion about this. <laughs> As somebody who's been teaching for forever, um, I believe that you make a course engaging by how you present the material and how confident you are in the material. And confidence can be, you know, let's let me use this word. You can act confidently. You can act more confidently in your presentation. But I think also the way you present, like the way I present a PowerPoint, I like to think of myself as acting the the presentation out. And what I mean by that is you want to make sure that you modulate your voice up and down. You want to talk to the person like, like they're right there next to you. Like, you know, sometimes I'll say, well, I, I don't know exactly how I'll put it, but I'll just talk very in very personal you and me terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to keep your voice kind of, you, you got to understand that your voice is your primary tool, whether you're teaching face to camera or whether you're teaching, you know, with a PowerPoint and I get so many compliments on my voice and, you know, almost, I don't know how to explain the compliments, but they're, but they really get a lot out of the way that the content is presented, you know, the, the emphasis, where you put the emphasis and things like that. So I think a lot of people when they're, when they're concerned about PowerPoint presentations, their, their concern is, well, the guy just read the PowerPoint. I mean, I could do that, you know? So you don't want to do that. You want to be very emotive. You want to 
emphasize key points. You want to go off and tell your stories. I only use the PowerPoint as kind of a guide to tell the stories that are real world that that relate to it. Because without those stories, I mean, you're right. Somebody might as well just read a book, you know, yeah. or or read the PowerPoint. Uh, but I actually, what I was getting at was, I really actually believe that PowerPoint, when done correctly, is a better way to teach than face to camera. Mm, um, this is interesting. Not, <laughs> not to say that you can't have both. Right. Right. But I believe that, and here's why. Um, <clears throat> in the marketing world, we have something called video sales letters. Video sales letters are proven to outconvert a, a standard text-based sales letter. And in a video sales letter, what you have typically is just a, a plain white background PowerPoint and the words flashing as the person literally reads the words, um, almost like a commercial, right? And there's something about the mind-body connection when the person is not only hearing mm -hmm. but reading those words that really helps to, uh, with that person absorbing the information and locking it in uh, more than if you're you're seeing a face-to-camera video. And by the way, I've seen a lot of amazing face-to-camera videos. I uh, there's a an instructor, I forget his last name, but his first name is Jimmy. And early on, he was very successful, but he had like the most amazing sets that he would film on. Yeah, Have I you know, know what you're talking about Jimmy Nirain. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He had the most, <laughs> just the most amazing, elaborate sets, and just like, you know really awesome and i looked at that and i was like man that would be awesome to create a course like that and then i was thinking to myself what's more effective is is it more effective to have the flash and kind of the really amazing production values or is it more effective to learn from someone who really knows what they're what they're talking about and is apprenticing you shall we say mentoring you in kind of a i don't know how best to put this Phil, except to say like in a loving way, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. they put their emotion into it. They put their heart into it, teaching you from their experiences, telling you the good and the bad and how this went so wrong. So you shouldn't do this and how this went so amazing. So you should do this. You know, all this stuff, I think we're storytellers, really. Uh, and so story can be told with face to camera or with PowerPoint. Um, but I believe that the old. Having said all that, I believe the ultimate course is both. You have to, you should have face to camera and some kind of screencast video as well. Well, I was actually talking to Udemy. They had a an online learning specialist, and we had a conversation about my courses, and they basically said the same thing from their research. Uh, she's like a she just didn't work for Udemy. She like studied this, and they know that like absorbing information is best when they're you're hearing it and you're also seeing it on the screen and and reading mm. it the the other side of it which udemy promotes is trying to get us to do talking head videos because that builds a connection with the user better than just hearing a voice but at the same time i think it's a balance and you don't always have to do the talking head videos and it's just a lot more work so if you're getting started out and if you just want to jump in i i think just trying a, a PowerPoint or having like an intro video where you're on camera might be good. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's yeah. really good stuff. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. 
right before our interview here, I was on a call with a friend of mine uh, who she actually starred in the infomercial with me. She was the spokesperson that interviewed me on the infomercial. And uh, we've known each other for a long time now. She uh, was in the Power Rangers TV series as uh, one of the princesses in the Power Rangers TV series. Wow. And uh, so she has this great background in acting and modeling and that kind of thing. And um, we're talking about co-teaching a course about how you present yourself to people, how you know manners, things like that. And then I said, but, you know, we can do that course with PowerPoint, but you're going to want to do some of these courses that she has planned face to camera, because some of these things you've got to present, you've got to teach, you know, poise, you've got to teach how to shake hands with somebody or things like that, body language. Um, so those those are things you just can't. I mean, you can do in a PowerPoint, but they're much better in a live action video. Right, right. So another thing that new instructors often have trouble with is picking a course topic. And one thing that we suggest is validating that course before you even start creating it. So what ways are you validating your courses before you create them to make sure that they are set up for success? Well, I, I'm not real good in this area. I got to admit, Phil. Uh, but what I would do if I were validating courses would, would be I would go to ClickBank.com. ClickBank is a, is, a, is a marketplace for digital products. It's almost like a precursor to Udemy. Uh, but what the cool thing about ClickBank is you could type in a search term in their marketplace, and then it'll sort by gravity, what they call gravity. Gravity simply means this is a much more popular course. And so you can take your topics, type them into ClickBank and get a sense there about which course has the most gravity and start to emulate the courses that are doing well there. Mm, now, I've never heard about doing this on <clears throat> ClickBank. Do you have to sign up for an account or? I believe you do. Uh, you can sign up for a free account as an affiliate and then you gain access to the marketplace. Okay. Um, and uh, that's one way. But. Something that does well on ClickBank may not do as well on Udemy, right? So Udemy, in my opinion, is the ultimate way to do some course validation because you might have the greatest underwater basket weaving course in the world, and maybe it does 100000 a year on ClickBank, but it doesn't do 100000 a year on Udemy, right? Uh, so Udemy, in my opinion, is the best source because it is its own marketplace, and it happens to, you know, it's still early. Uh, that's what a lot of people don't get. It's still early in Udemy's you know, life history or life story. So the the people, for example, that are into underwater basket weaving, maybe they're not here yet. Yeah. That's, maybe they haven't heard of Udemy yet, right? I um, think that's really true, especially in some topics. I was just interviewing an artist for the show, uh, Peggy Dean, and she started on Skillshare, and she's having massive success on Skillshare, making thousands of dollars a month. But she hasn't put any courses on Udemy. And when you search for her topic, calligraphy or hand lettering on Udemy, there's only one page of search results. And so mm. I was telling her, you need to put your course on Udemy because if there is a market for that, then you're going to dominate it. But at the same time, you know, who knows? Maybe there's just not a, a, as much of a market for that as compared to Skillshare, which is really based for or the art type courses do really well there. Uh, but so that's the hard thing. It's like if you search on Udemy and there's no courses, that could mean two things. Or if there's lots of courses, it could also mean, oh, uh, there's enough here. So you don't worry about creating a course on this topic. Or maybe it means that 
it's just so popular that another course would do well also. Yeah, you know, and the strategy I recommend is that you, if you're new to Udemy, the very first course that you do should be your most mass appeal, broad appeal course. Uh, it's what I was telling my friend Anne-Marie, is we make a very mass appeal course because that, that casts a big net of students that come into your course, right? That gives you the biggest chance of success early on. And then when you create your next courses, maybe they're a little more niche as you go, uh, you're still drawing from a large net that you're promoting those new courses to. So it's a good strategy to go. Instead of creating your most niche course, like like I did when I started, <laughs> it's kind of a niche course, Seven Habits of High Achievers. Who wants to, I mean, who wants to know that, right? Um, so instead, you, you start with your most mass appeal, and then you work your way niche. And um, I think that's a good way to go. Uh, but as as far as validating, um, there's there's really three or four giant markets. There's financial, which includes make money and investing. There's fitness and weight loss, which is huge. And then there's relationships. So if you have anything in any of those three, uh, and then when it comes to Udemy, there's of course there's web development yeah, and programming. Those those stuff. are the superstars. But pretty much Udemy still at this point in its history is all about Anything that can help you with your career, help you improve your work skills, those are the winners. But that doesn't mean, for example, that a sourdough bread baking course can't be a winner like it is, you know. So yeah, and sometimes I, I interviewed Teresa about that. And it's just amazing how she said on the show, show she's made $80,000 last year from her sourdough bread baking oh, wow. courses. So it's that just, is so awesome. Amazing. <laughs> what an inspiring story she is. I mean, it's just so great to see that that story and to see her succeed. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome. So another thing you've done and you've been successful at is selling premium courses off of Udemy. And this is something I, I know <laughs> that a lot of instructors who started on Udemy are interested in doing. But it seems like it's a completely different world and not only maybe what the course is about and what's in the course, but also how you sell that course. So what have you done? What's your experience with selling premium courses? Uh, well, I would I would sell coaching programs. Uh, prior to Udemy, I, I sold a couple of co coaching programs and those I actually produced on DVD. Uh, I think the age of DVD is slowly moving away, but you know, as more computers come without the the DVD drive and whatnot, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but those coaching courses were really successful. I'd make twelve or fifteen thousand dollars on a launch, and I would coach. I would do one on one coaching or group coaching. Um, that's when you can offer and and charge more. Uh, maybe a uh, thousand to two thousand or twenty five hundred was one of my coaching uh, programs. That's when you have. That's when you're you're basically a mentor. You know, you you've you know it all and you can teach a lot of people and they see the value in it as well. You've got to kind of have a name for yourself in whatever field you're in. You know, I came from the eBay world being a, a known eBay expert, the infomercial that kind of catapulted my name in that world and uh, and that helped me to launch these coaching courses. More recently, we I co-instructed a course with a young man who's doing amazing with a t-shirt business, uh, partnering with Amazon. Uh, and I got started because I saw his success and I started following his, his system. But basically what we did was we put an A to Z system together, like his entire process that he goes through down to some fine minute details for 
making what at the time he was making about 12,000 a month with this print on demand t-shirt business partnered with Amazon. Uh, and people were buying the, this course, 597 bucks a pop. And with, by the way, with no marketing on our part. Yeah. How did that, how does that uh, work though? Was it just the topic and the timing of this? Yeah. You know what it is. Okay. Here, it's, it's, I actually did a webinar on this and I'm going to probably release it as a, as a product. Okay. Uh, I, I outlined why this worked the way it worked. First, you had a, a super hot in-demand topic in a business model that is ridiculously easy to do. So in other words, that opens up the, the appeal to a big market because everyone can see themselves either creating or, or paying somebody to create a t-shirt design. Everyone, right? That's like no brainer. And then uploading it to Amazon, that's something anyone can do. So the barrier to entry in this business model is nil, okay? Uh, so that's one, very mass appeal, broad appeal business opportunity. Two, you've got a, a, a young man who is making 12,000 a month with that opportunity. Three, you have a gap where people go, well, I know this is super easy to do, but I'm not making 12,000 a month, I need his secrets, okay? And then four, you've got people that see a $597 investment in order to get all his secrets. And we literally give all his secrets. They see that 597 investment as being returned to them very, very soon. So you have like almost the perfect storm in this product. And then uh, every once in a while, like Daniel will post on one of these big merch by the, the business models called Merch by Amazon. Mm -hmm. He'll post, you know, like his numbers not in a bragging way. He'll just say, look, look how amazing this is. In fact, he gives credit to God for, for his success. And whenever that happens, you know, people contact him. They're like, do you do coaching? Can I get, can I pay coach for coaching for you uh, or with you? And, and he's like, well, I have this course, you know? And so it's just, it's very organic. I mean, the way it's happening. And, and I think it's, I think it's four or five months. We did $20,000 with that one course. Nice. Uh, 597 uh, a, a pop and that to me started to show me the potential of self-hosting uh, because you have that whole perfect storm of all the things I just outlined I mean that's that's like grand slam home run you know the three cherries on the slot machine it's like <laughs> everything just you know happened. lining up it, it was, yeah yeah it all lined up so all the planets are in alignment <laughs> yeah I'm wondering how someone could take a, a, a topic that isn't as in high demand and and maybe isn't as much of here i'll teach you how to like grow your business or make money i wonder how well or what the process would be to sell a course like that at a higher price seems like it would be harder yeah it seems like it would be you you, you have to start with demand that's the that's the beginning and you know this is by the way a business principle too a lot of people think well i'm going to create it, it's what i call the inventor strategy. Well, I'm going to create this because I think it's amazing. And then my job will be to convince the world that it's amazing. Well, it's much easier to start with something that is in massive demand that the world desperately wants. Create that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, I mean, he hardly, we hardly do any, any marketing of this course really. And it's, and it sells, we get these sales coming in and it's beautiful because it's teachable. And we're on the high, uh, the higher um, tier. product tier, right? So we get all that money either in PayPal or Stripe immediately. 
and uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. And I actually haven't talked much about Teachable on the podcast yet. So, uh, what do you like about Teachable uh, for self-hosting your courses? Well, they just they they keep it simple. It's easy to use. Uh, no muss, no fuss. I don't really ever have any problems with it. If I do, their support is good. It it used to be their support wasn't that good, but they've gotten good at it now. Um, so it's a great platform. Uh, here's another little tip about Teachable. You could buy private label rights courses. In other words, courses that somebody already put together, video training courses, and you could upload them to Teachable and sell them yourself. And I've done a lot of that, uh, selling uh, private label rights courses to my list. And where do and you get these courses from? You could simply Google uh, PLR. Let's say that you want a, a weight loss private label rights course. Just Google weight loss PLR, mm. and uh, you could you could get a typical weight loss video course. I mean, anywhere from seventeen bucks to a hundred bucks for the course. Put it up on your Teachable site, resell it to your list. Uh, it's it's easy, you know. In fact, uh, I put together a membership site that contains a lot of my courses and some select private label rights courses, and it really helps to fill out. The, the membership site and also to give people the, the type of training that maybe I don't give uh, and really fill it out. That's what I need to do because, and I've thought about it uh, in terms of video production courses because my ultimate goal this year is to create sort of a one-stop platform or, or site for video production. And if you want to go to film school, but you just want to do it online, you could find my site and any course you'd want to be on there. But I've thought like, well, I have to create all these courses and I'm not the expert on all this stuff. So I'm going to have to find someone to co-create the course. But maybe there's courses out there already that I could either buy as a PLR course or I know with Teachable, I could co or have someone else's course on there and split the revenue with them. So exactly. That, that's another good idea uh, if you're looking on, you know, if you don't, you're not the expert, but you want to add these courses to your site. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a, a third option would be just to run an ad in Craigslist for and, and interview people that have those skills and that will do the course for you on spec. You know, it's like like I'll pay you five hundred bucks to do this course or whatever, whatever works for you, you know. Yeah. That, uh, that's that's another cool. possibility. Totally. So we got a few more minutes. I want to talk about email marketing and building your audience out outside of the courses because that's so important for people to be doing and for long term success to have control over your audience and how you communicate with your own audience is so important. So what are you doing right now to build your, your own audience? Uh, what I'm doing now is, uh, I've, I've realized the power of YouTube. Um, and so I've made it a goal this year to put out one new video every day. Nice. So that's three, 365 videos, including Saturdays and Sundays. What I do is I, on, uh, on Saturdays, it, on Fridays, I just put out a list of seven topics, right? And then on Saturdays, I'll record all seven. And, you know, these are two two to five minute videos, so it might take me an hour, right? And uh, then I've got the seven videos for the week. So then I just put them out one a day. And But then what I do beyond that is pretty, it, it's not elaborate and it doesn't take a lot of time, but it gets me everywhere. Like I'm just like all over the place, yeah. right? So, um, so, part, so part of it is, creating the video and then part of it is distributing the video but in every video description i have my opt-in forms 
to build my email list. <clears throat> and, and that's working, by the way. The, the email list is growing. Every day I'm getting new people opting in to my list. So when it comes to email marketing, you've got to give away something for free in order to get people into your opt-in list. So uh, my thing that I give away for free is an ebook that shows the five best ways to work from home. And uh, from my experience and the things that I've done, uh, legitimate ways, five best ways to work from home. So you've got people that are learning about working from home on YouTube. And then either at the very end, I put a little bumper that tells them, you know, be sure to get my free ebook or whatever. Or in the description, it's, it's down there. You know, depending on the video, I, I might put a bumper, I might not. And bottom line is, I'm building what I, what I think of as a snowball effect. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, I mean, he's, he's this well-known guru, right? But he started with one video called Wine Library, one video concept, right, called Wine Library, where he reviewed wines. And when he started, he was not the Gary Vaynerchuk that we know today. He wasn't this guy who's, you know... Loud. Look, <laughs> loud. <laughs> loud. Successful. He's very, he's very New York, right? Yeah. But yeah, not, not as successful and that kind of thing. But what he did was he basically just started doing daily videos, building up kind of a snowball effect of an audience. Uh, the bigger your audience and the bigger you can build that and, and it goes with daily video, um, the more percent of those people are going to start to pay attention and listen to you and, and actually go, hey, this person really knows what they're talking about and opt in and build your list and then you can start marketing you know, over time. So that's the approach because I wanted to get something that was powerful and proven powerful. And I know YouTube, if it's done right, can be very, very powerful. Got it. That's awesome. And one more question about that with your email list. What what are the, some of your tips for taking that audience, nurturing them and then ultimately selling an online course to your email list? That's a great question, because for most of my time with my email list up until last year, I was not nurturing my list very well. I was sending them affiliate offers. A big part of my income was affiliate income. I would promote uh, make money online products and things like that. E-commerce, how to how to make money with e-commerce. And I was not nurturing the list. And I made a specific decision this year that I'm not going to promote as much of these affiliate products. Because every time I do, guess what? That person ends up on that person's list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, that's not good. Um, but I am going to nurture and work, build a relationship with this list. So the first few emails of this year have been strictly, hey, did you see my daily hustle video about how I turned eight bucks into 130 bucks? You know, hey, did you see the last few videos? Did you miss these videos? You know, and I always pick the biggest, the best title, right, to send the email out. So all I'm doing right now, Phil, is nurturing. That's all I'm doing. I'm nurturing. I'm building the relationship. I'm, I'm getting back in their good graces, shall we say, even though of promoting affiliate programs is not a bad thing. They all they love the stuff that I put out there. But now I'm going to another level with, hey, I want to build a, a good relationship with this list so that almost naturally or organically they buy my courses. Yeah. You're warming up your audience. You're getting them to trust you and to love you and to love your advice. And they are going to be more willing to, you know, buy your products later on. Yeah, bottom line, I just want to be loved. Yeah, <laughs> building those <laughs> but, connections, but man. The truth is, the truth is, we should all want to be loved, 
um, not, not, not adulated and, you know, like fawning over you, but we should all <laughs> want to give so much value that people are like, man, you got to listen to Phil's stuff. He gives so much value. I mean, I could have, I could have paid, you know, 40, 50 bucks for what he just gave away for free. Yeah. You know, right. that's what we want. And when you get that level of fandom, and again, I'm not saying for ego's sake, but for money's sake, for the ability to market to those people, uh, the ultimate people that are going to buy from you are the people who's like, man, he's got the best stuff. Man, yeah. I, want, I, I want that course. Nah, that's, you know, so. that's good. That's good. So where do you envision yourself in the next few years? And do you have any specific hopes or dreams with the courses or with anything else in online business or your life? Well, I'm thinking about buying a fortress in, on Malta. Um, <laughs> How much no, does that I'm cost? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> some people will get that, some won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really look forward that much. I I focus on my daily game, mm -hmm. and I have a vision for for the future. But I really focus on a daily game, and I found that that by focusing that way the end results grow and build and that kind of thing. But, um, man, I just see multiplying the income from Udemy onto these other platforms, you know? Uh, so that's why my focus this year is two courses a month that I'm going to produce. That's two courses a month. I'm promoting on Udemy to my existing student base, plus two courses a month that I get to put on other three or four other platforms. And who knows, Phil, how many other platforms will pop up in 2017? I expect at least two or three good ones. Yeah, I know. Up. I mean, it's interesting. I haven't really thought about that, but I know in 2016 there were at least three or four platforms that I experimented with and are making me another stream of income. So that is yeah. exciting to think about for this year. It's very cool. I'm waiting for that big one like Google or Facebook or Amazon or YouTube. Suddenly really they're like... It. We're in the online education space, and it was like, wow. <laughs> and then we can put all of our content that we already have on there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool, Dave. Thank you so much for being on this show. How can people get in touch with you and find out more about you online? Uh, you know, the best way is join our Passive Income Show Facebook group. Um, I'm sure you'll have a good link to that. Yep. Uh, I also have a group called Selling Online. So if you go to Facebook and just type in Selling Online 1, the number one, uh, you should be able to find it. Uh, and my website is daveespino.com. So that's a good way to get a hold of me as well. Awesome. Yeah, the Facebook groups are great. I know with the Passive Income Show group, it's just a, a great group of people that aren't promoting their own stuff. It's just everyone helping each other out and giving advice about teaching online courses. So definitely go yep. check that group out. Cool, Dave. We'll have to have another show in the future and hear Sounds more good. about everything that's going on in, in the next few months or so. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Phil. Appreciate it. Cool, Dave. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks. Have a beautiful day. And we'll see you next week on the next episode.